I don't see it. Unless they're a client and they go, that's a loss of revenue. If they're potential clients, that's not revenue for me. They weren't my client anyway. So it's not like, oh, I've missed out on uh, 10 grand sale, whatever someone's business. Well, they're not my client anyway. So I don't look missed out on it. I just haven't gained 10,000 pounds sale. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal of what it takes to start and grow a business fast. It's all about earning the right, where we work hard today so we can reap the reward tomorrow. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hey, 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 welcome back. This is episode 54. And I want to thank you for being here as we talk about a topic that is just about every entrepreneur's Achilles heel. It really is not hard to come up with ideas and plans that you want to implement in your business. It really isn't. I think that's one of the things about being an entrepreneur is that we've got so many ideas, but staying focused and matching your performance with your ambitions can sometimes be hard. Now, today we're going to look at some simple and practical things that you can do to raise and maintain your energy levels throughout the day and increase your performance and productivity as you continue to build your business. I want to start today's show with a shout out in our segment that I call Listener's Spotlight. The reviews are really important to us on this podcast and we're lucky at the moment to enjoy a five-star rating. Today, I want to thank Tommy WC for his recent five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, Tommy says, great podcast with incredible tips and info about business growth for every entrepreneur. So thank you, Tommy. Really appreciate you taking the time to leave us a review there. Now, as you probably know, reviews on podcasts are really important. Not only do they help people get a fair assessment of what the show is about, they also influence how discoverable your podcast is and how many listeners you're likely to get. So thanks again, Tommy, for a five-star review. And for those of you who are listening right now, if you're enjoying the show, if you get value out of it today, I want to encourage you to do the same. A five-star review would be absolutely fantastic if you think it's worth it. And you never know, if you leave a review, then maybe you'll be hearing yourself being read out in one of my future podcast episodes. But right now, let's get on and talk about today's topic. A month or two ago, I was invited to speak on Brain Brawn and Business podcast, which is hosted by Oliver Burkett. It's quite a new podcast. Episode eight came out this week and Oliver asked me to come on as his guest back in episode six. Not only was Oliver a great host, but it didn't take me long to realize this is a guy with masses of energy. He's laser focused and he's doing some really great things right now. And since that show, we've become friends and uh, I wanted to introduce you to him and also get my own back on him by putting Oliver on the other side of the mic. Now, Oliver Verkes is founder of 4D Fit. He's host to the Brain Brawn and Business podcast, and he's on a mission right now to help business owners, directors, and senior level executives to be healthier, fitter, and perform at their best. And that's what today's about. There's two things interest me as a business coach, influence and high performance. And what I know, partly because I coach business owners with this all the time, but also because it's something that I experience too, try as we might. Sometimes we're not as focused as we'd like to be, and we lack the energy to match our ambitions, and we tend to put the needs of our business before our own needs and those of our family, and that has consequences. To help us with this today, we have Oliver Burkers here. Oliver, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, Clive. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to having a chat with you today. 
Oh, it's awesome to get you here and get my own back on you for having yes. <laughs> No, mate. Yeah, so just thinking of you introduced me there. Yeah, it's yeah, time to get your own back. And no, I'm, I'm, it's a pleasure to be on it. And and I have to say, I've, I've I've listened to your podcast as I said before. You even come on as a guest, and it's great what you're doing, Clive. So I've really jumped at the chance when you invite me on, mate. As you know, what I like to do is to start the show with a random question. I've heard these random questions. <laughs> I have a list of 18 questions. Okay. They were submitted to me by people in the Get Rid About Business podcast community. And I'll mention that at the end today if you want to join. And also people that I've met whilst out and about and speaking <laughs> to people in general. So I've got 18 random questions. You get to pick which one. Pick a number between 1 and 18, please, Oliver, and I'll give you a question. 14. 14. You sure yeah. about that one? Yeah, it's my, it's, my, it's my number I used to wear on the back of my shirt when I played football. So it was my, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Number <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm going 14. Okay, 14 years. <laughs> Other than your own, and you can't include mine as well because that would be way too self-serving, what's your favourite podcast and why? Yeah, ah, oh, good question. Not as random as I thought it was going to be, because I have heard a couple of your random questions on your <laughs> podcast, so I can take that. Yeah, there's a couple um, that I like listening to, and I would say Gary Vaynerchuk's one, uh, American guy, he's an entrepreneur, he, he talks some really good stuff, I've really enjoyed listening to his podcast, and I've got some good information from that. Um, there's a guy called Rob Moore called The Disruptive Entrepreneur, it's another good oh, yeah. podcast that he's, uh, yeah, he's talking some really good stuff as well. There's a guy in the, the fitness industry who does a good podcast called Mark Coles as well. So he's done a, he does a good podcast, shares some good information. Excellent. Uh, I'll get the links to those on the uh, show notes page. Uh, what is it you look for in a podcast if you're going to listen to something? Why would you choose those? Well, for me, I, I love business, love fitness, which is a good thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like fitness, like business. And I'm, I'm all about real learning. So for me, learning and self-development is really important. Mm. So um, that they just yeah fall in line with that. So fitness, lifestyle, health, performance, entrepreneurship, business, anything I'm going to get information. So I listen to a lot. And I've subscribed to your one as well, Clive, I have to say. So if anyone <laughs> hasn't subscribed, not to plug early, mate, but I have to say it's been really, you've had some good guests on. Love it. <laughs> I've got about 12 podcasts I've subscribed to, but I enjoy it. It's, it's all about learning for me. It is. Yeah, it is. And for me, that's one of the great things about podcasts. In fact, that's what started it. I started listening to, uh, was it Brian O'Neill and Bill Casty in the Advanced Selling Podcast? That was the first podcast I ever listened to uh, back when I started my business and <laughs> realized I had a lot to learn. Um, but actually, that's the longest running sales podcast ever. Um, it's a really good podcast. Yeah, and I think as well, like you know, not to jump ahead, I know um, to talk about it things, but a couple of things I like tips tips I can probably now. First of all, number one, um, if we'll drive to work, there's always going to be time where we can utilize uh, productivity. So learning stuff. So for mm. me, if I've got a 35 minute drive to my gym, I put a podcast, so I get 35 minutes of learning rather than just listening to to music and stuff. So. I utilize, it's a bit of a hack for me. I'm driving anyway, so I get time to learn, which is really important. And, and the second thing, what I find is as well, is that the more learning I can do, the better I become within, within relevant to my world and my business. I can pass it on to my clients as well. Mm. So the more you learn and stuff it is a really good thing. So yeah, I love learning myself, but more importantly, if I can service my clients better, Absolutely. You know, you've got this phenomenal opportunity as a coach and a consultant yourself where you can distill everything that you've learned and help people make a result faster in their life. So 
uh, yeah, great job on that. Now, I want to get to this. It's great that you're already sharing some tips here. You know how this works. This is all about what we can do to practically improve our performance. When we last spoke, you said that there were four areas of personal performance that we should all be concerned with. Can you just give us a quick bird's eye view? What are those four areas? Yeah, so training exercise, one. Uh, Nutrition, two. And not diet. And we can maybe delve into that slightly without getting too scientific. Two, so nutrition. Three is mindset. And four is habits. Right. So that's exercise, nutrition, mindset, and habits. And I also know that you mentioned community as well. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a fifth area. I mean, we, I think we briefly discussed it, Clive. You're aware of how it works from my end. And we build a, you know, build a community in my business. Like, you know, you've got, for example, the community element of your uh, the podcast you mentioned there. I've got uh, the gym here, small groups, community. Everything's about community and support and camaraderie and teamwork. So, yeah, like a fifth bonus element. Right. Excellent. So five key areas, exercise, nutrition, mindset, habits, and community. Let's take the time to break this down a little bit. I know that it can be difficult with some of these things, particularly as, as we run a business, because there's a lot to do. We tend to sort of put the business first as we're trying to get things up and going. And then before we know it, we've created habits ourselves that are counterproductive. Now, you said mindset as one of them, and that might be a good place for us to start here. We know that mindset is a big contributor to results in anything. Can you just speak a little bit about mindset? Where you would start with? How do we get the right mindset? Well, I think from my perspective, mindset is so important from, you know, it goes, first of all, it goes down to, to sort of whys, really, understanding your real why. So if I'm talking about my, you know, myself, or let's say client, for example, I'm trying to get really practical here for you listeners and I'm aware of sort of your listening audience. Yeah. I think if you can understand your real why, your real purpose for something, that first of all then gives you a framework to whatever you're going to do. So if it's exercise, nutrition, lifestyle, business, whatever it may be, if you've got a real why, it gives you, you can attach real value then to whatever you're going to do. Mm. I think the why is important. And then once you've got your why, because look, mindset is such a fascinating thing. I mean, because, you know, we use such a small percentage of our brain, actually, that is quite scary to if we open it up. But even the small percentage of brain which we, we use for stuff, it's where I suppose people win or lose, really, because... Perception is, is a huge one, for example. The same situation, how I interpret that situation could be different to the next person. If I can interpret the situation in a positive way, I can either learn from that or overcome that. Whereas someone's going to interpret a perception in a different situ- in a different way, they might harbor on that. That might affect them. That might affect their day, the rest of the day. So I think mindset is so important to how you deal with situations, how you overcome them how you attack the day, how you are focused in your working day, relationship, everything, you know? So I think mindset embellishes everything. One of the things that we've talked a lot on this show, and you see it all the time, you just go to YouTube and and look up Time and Cynic. I think most people recognize that understanding your why, finding your real why, and actually I think on a previous episode I was talking about you want to find out your why and not borrow other people's whys because... uh, this is one of the things they, they talk about a lot in network marketing and also in other places as well is that, you know, they'll, uh, they help you find your story. And often that is based on uh, somebody else's why. I think you have to find your why. I, I think that's really important. You also said about this whole thing about respond versus react. 
Uh, so it gets into the, the realms of emotional intelligence and Daniel Goleman and, and people who is ill. Can you give us an, an example about that? When is it very easy to respond? Can you give us an idea, perhaps when you did that recently, where you responded rather than reacted? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, if I think about how that's development, you know, obviously I play football, football's a background and stuff like that. So, you know, what I learned is that actually not to get too carried on the wins, not to get too down on the losses, because I think what's really important is that, whatever, you know, for me, you either win or learn. So if you've won, great, but I, you've got to park that and move on then, you know, you've won, what's the next thing? You can't just glow or get too carried away. The wins happen, that's great. Give yourself a little pat on the back because I think it's important not to recognise when you've won, not to just, mm. oh, I've won and carry on. Recognise it, give yourself a pat on the back. But the other side, if it hasn't gone to plan, if, and that might be a relationship hasn't gone to plan, a meeting hasn't gone to plan, you've lost a client, your day's gone off pot because, you know, there was an accident, you had an important meeting, two hours to get into work and your day just got messed up. Then just learn from that, learn from the situation and, and move on. How can you get then the best out of those situations? And that's what I've done really well. I've learned to do myself a lot is that when something doesn't go to plan, I learn from that situation. I write it down and make sure that then next time it comes around, it doesn't happen again because I've learned from that and move forward. And not to sort of worry about it. So for me, it's like, and this is what I learned at football. I, re- I, re- I relate football to that. It's because early days of playing, if I had a really bad game, mm. I, it bothered me. You know, it bothered me for days and it affected the next game. Yeah. But experience taught me that I can't control the past. I can't change that. I just can't. So why did I worry about the game? I can't now change. All I can impact is the next game. So related to the work environment, it's my next meeting. The meeting hasn't gone to plan. Okay, can't change that meeting. All I can do is look at where I can improve on that meeting. The next time I'm in a situation where that occurs, I don't make the mistake again. So I've learned from it, moved on, and then I've got a positive result. So yeah, win or learn is really, really important. If people can adopt that mindset, and I think that's going to be really important. There's a lesson to be learned in everything. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking that there are several situations where I felt it, and I've seen other people respond or react in a way that's not very helpful. A couple of things come to mind. One is, say you have a uh, like a consultation or a sales meeting with somebody, and it doesn't go to plan, and things start going wrong, or whatever. It's very easy to fall into the spiral of thinking, I'm not doing very well. They don't want me. They don't like my services. And then you know you walk away feeling that that meeting was a complete waste of time, and you feel that you're rubbish as a result. And of course, that is then going to affect every other consultation or sales meeting you you do the rest of that day and possibly beyond. And it just sort of, it slowly poisons and eats away at you. And a similar situation as well, if perhaps you're presenting at a network meeting or you, know, you have to stand up and speak somewhere and then you feel like your performance hasn't gone well, it's very easy to walk away with the feelings that it was a failure. So yeah, I get that how that would work. But yeah, so like a practical thing, think of this, right? So look at the sales for an example, yeah? You make a sales call, mess it up completely. It doesn't go to plan whatsoever. Yeah. Now, you then hang up the phone and you make another call, doesn't go to plan again. Next call, three calls in, all gone wrong. No, no, no positive outcome. The third person told you to F off. I don't know, just an example. <laughs> Your fourth call then could be affected because of the previous three because you've had a negative response. Yeah. But the fourth person might be great. 
So let it go. You can't control the free, previous free calls. So if you're going to then make the next call, just treat it in the same way. Have your system, what you're going to follow, your sales script, whatever it may be, and treat that person on merit. It's a new person for a new conversation and a new encounter. Don't let the free affect you. And that's relatable to anything. Football, I said about football, business, whatever it may be, you've got to let those things go because you can't change them. So why worry about them? You know, so for me, you know, listen, I'm, we're all learning and there's always areas you can improve and adapt. But I've learned very well now to just let it, let it go, move on and make sure that if I use the challenges, the struggles, the mistakes, the failures to shape me and improve me better the next time it comes around. Yeah, yeah. In NLP terms, neuro-linguistic programming, what they talk about is state management. So manage your state. Do you have like a process, maybe it's, you, know, you mentioned about uh, writing down, I know you keep a journal, uh, so maybe that's part of the answer there, but how do you cope with these feelings of failure or you know, getting things wrong so that you can then move on to the next call, the next meeting and perform at your best? How, you know, have you got any ideas about how you can sort of keep your state where it needs to be? Yeah, uh, so a couple of things. So journaling is really important for me because I can analyze everything because I forget everything. So I have to write it all down. Yeah, I yep. literally write down meetings, write down everything. And that way I don't forget it, just who I am. Yeah, so literally yep. it organizes me. So it organizes me and also allows me to review. I will review everything once it's finished. So like literally I'll finish this podcast with you, come on here and I think, well, what could I have done and whatever else. So that's just how it is. So that helps. I think as well from a mindset perspective is just knowing that, okay, I want to help someone. I... I care about the outcome of things. I want to help people. That's just in my DNA. That's why I am. Yep. I know that what my services offer is there to help people. So what I'm doing is a good thing. I'm trying to help people. So I almost keep my own, um, my own, you know, Ollie Burke says it stays strong because I know my values. I know I want to help people. So if someone says, Oh, F off. I don't want that service or I don't mess it up and it doesn't go to plan. That doesn't mean I'm any different or any less. You know, I know Ollie Berkowitz has this ethos. This is what I'm about. So that doesn't change it. I don't worry about, you know, if someone, I don't worry about people going to think of me as well because someone go, because someone might have an opinion of me. They don't know me. So it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. You know, for my friendship, my friends, my family and stuff, what their, their opinion does matter. Then if they've got an opinion, great, tell me. If, then it's up to me if I want to choose to take it on or not, you know? So I think it's just having that, um, Confidence in yourself, maintaining your own identity, your own sort of principles, which you abide by. And if you do and you're true to them, if something's negative, it can't affect that. So it doesn't matter. I know what I'm true to. So it doesn't go to plan. It's not because Ollie Burke is any less. It's just that didn't work. It's just that person didn't all work with me. Or So don't worry about it, you know? Really good stuff there. So what you're talking about is one is about detaching from what people think. Because there's all the time people are judging you, whether you like it or not. But it's actually up to you to decide whether you care, <laughs> whether, you know, what they think about you. Yeah, and I think, look, you know, because it's easy some some you know, it's even to say it's even to say. I'm just trying to think practically for listeners listening to this guy. You know, some think themselves, how do you overcome that? Well, it's it's sort of quite difficult, but it's like you can't let worry people because we live in a very judgmental world. You know, social media and our digital age, the way that. You know, everyone will show their highlight reel, you know. So something I've learned, it's a productivity tip, something that helps, is 
I've unfollowed people that don't relevant to me. So yeah. because yeah. I'm not going to get anything good from that. I have to be very disciplined on social media. If I post content, come off it. Or I have a rule that I'll only look at the last 10 people. So if I post something, I'll only look at the last 10 posts and come off it. Sure. Because otherwise, it zaps an hour. Or I'm in the middle of something, check social media, lost my flow. That's being disciplined about your time. I know I'm going off a little bit here because I'm starting to talk about how I'm using social media. But again, I think this is quite relevant made to listeners from a productivity point of view. And that's helped me is that I don't break flow. So I look at the times I look at if I'm doing something, don't check social media. It might be a minute, but it's 10 minutes by the time you get your focus back on what you're doing. Um, so I know I've gone off a little bit there, Clive, but going back to maybe what you're saying about it is in, in terms of opinion, it's just not worrying. It's just their opinion. You know, people like yeah. to show the best, the best side on social media. But don't worry about that. Don't compare yourself to others because it's your journey, your life. You know, goes back to your wife, whatever you want to achieve, you know, if money's someone's driver, then work out what money you need and that's all important. Don't worry. If you want 300 grand and someone's got a million, don't worry about what they've got a million because you don't want a million anyway. So just stop comparing yourself to others. Stop worrying what people think. You know, it's... Um, and, it, and it brings like... I don't know. It brings like a, a calmness to you. It brings like a sense of uh, wellness to you as well. You know, because mm-hmm. if I'm not letting other people affect me, then if it doesn't go to plan, you're just moving on. You know, it's like the knowing sales. I'd rather get a no than, oh, what if maybe? So if I have an encounter now, I want to make sure it's either yes or a no. So does that person want to work with me? Yes. Do I want to work with that person? Yes. Great. Or if they, if it's an um and an ah, look, get to my, because I don't mind the no. You know, it's like with sales calls. You might have 10 people in the pipeline. You're stressing over them 10 people. Just get a no. So chase the no. Because... It makes it well, will it? I'm going to go on to the next thing then. I'm not wasting time writing about these 10 possibles. You know, and I suppose from a revenue perspective, I don't see it unless it's in, unless they're a client and they go, that's a loss of revenue. If they're potential clients, that's not revenue for me. They weren't my client anyway. So it's not like, oh, I've missed out on a 10 grand sale, whatever someone's business. Well, they're not my client anyway. So I don't miss out on it. I just haven't gained 10,000 pounds sale. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's all about how you look at things. So I love that. We have to stop being attached to what people think about us. I'm with you, Oliver. I love a no, because at least it means that I can stop spending time on something that's just not going to work out. I can get on and talk to people who are ready for me to help them and who will be a good fit for me. So yeah, no's are always good. In fact, you know, I often teach people like you want to look to disqualify people. And obviously in that case, you're saying no, but yeah. No but also, I think the positivity as well is the impact it has on people, you know? Um, like we've, we've got, you know, we've had a good chat with Clive. Obviously, we've, you know, like I said, we've developed a relationship yeah. now. It's been really great. But we're both positive people. Nice guys want to help people. So there's a good energy when we've chatted, you know? We've had a couple of chats over the yeah. phone. We've met up, obviously, when you came on my podcast. But if you're positivity, you're positive and you want to help and you're encouraging, it's relevant to any industry, you know? I know it's a little bit beyond mindset here, but if you've got a positive mindset, you're going to impact your staff. You're going to impact your peers, your family, your relationships, your encounters. So what's the other side of positive negativity? Well, negativity is not helping anyone, is it? No. So just try and be positive with people. Try and be helpful. That negativity only ever eats you up. You know, other people don't notice. They don't care. They're thinking about what's going on in their day. So it's only yourself that's actually suffering there. And you've got to stop worrying about what you can't control, Clive. You know, it's like people at the top, I can't. It's like that meeting. Right, I've got a meeting oh. tomorrow. Let's say I've got a meeting tomorrow. 
And I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I can prepare my script for what I think it will be, some questions I might want to ask for that meeting. I don't know the outcome. So as long as I'm prepared, the rest will take care of itself. I'm never going to, I'm not going to worry about it. Again, let's look at that productivity. Right. I've got a meeting tomorrow. Okay. I'll prepare for the meeting, put it to bed. Mm. I'm not going to worry about the meeting at night to press about it because I don't know what the outcome's going to be. So look, it's the same thing. Stop worrying about the things you can't control. I can't control the outcome of that meeting. Just prepare yourself, go into it, see what happens. And it's the same with things, you know, um, worrying about situations you can't control. Stop worrying about them. Start worrying about the things you can control and the impact you can do for you, that, that you can control the impact in your life. And your, yeah. John, what's interesting is as I listen to you here, I, I can't help but think back to what you said earlier about your identity. We know that identity is really, really important. Basically, we act all the time in ways that are congruent with our identity. So if we think that we're no good at something, then we'll act in ways that prove it. If we think that we're good at something, if we think that this is the kind of person we are, then we will always act in accordance with that. And it seems to me that you have this identity about the kind of person that you want to be. And I think that maybe what we need to do a little bit more is ask us, what kind of person do I want to be? If I'm not now, where do I, you know, what version of me do I want to be? And, and clearly, Oliver, yeah, definitely. And I have, and like, you know, I'm talking, I get enthusiastic and get carried away as you know, I'm talking, I'm passionate about it, you know, obviously, as you can tell. Um, but I think that's really important is, is it, having that because when you have that identity, like I have a list of things that I will, that, that, that is me, when you have that, no one can change that, you know? Someone's opinion is not going to change the, what I think of myself because if you're true to them, and that's got to be true to them as well, Clive, you can't go, right, I am positive, kind, encouraging, motivated. If you're not those things and you're saying you're those things, it will fall down the line. So if you want to be more positive and stuff, look at ways you can be more positive and really focus on that. And like practical as well and this is things from a lifestyle perspective so like nutrition or exercise maybe when we talk about going to these things is look at actions as well so rather than think right i'm going to change 10 things if you're not a positive person and you're not this not that analyze yourself but look at one right i'm going to just do one thing i'm going to get myself more positive i make a note for a week every time i meet someone i'm going to be positive for a week because that one action that one behavior consistently done will start to change the game so it's small actions it's not saying i'm going to change 10 things that's the same with food exercise lifestyle habits business look at one action now that over one or two weeks and then look at that because you've got to think about it if you change one thing every two weeks that's 26 things in a year now you're starting to change the game and it stacks it stacks there's this phenomenon called confirmation bias relating to what you were saying about um, it can be difficult for us to say that we're one thing. If we don't believe that, say, we're positive people, then that's going to be hard for us to do. It's going to be hard for us to remain congruent and we, we very easily lose sight of that. And so there's a really simple thing that you can do about this is that first of all, decide what you want to be. And then what you have to do is to find little ways to prove that it's right. Now, with confirmation bias, what happens is that our mind is constantly looking all the time to find the things that we identify with. So this is why if we think that we're better at anything, then we will look for reasons to prove that we're correct. And so therefore, I think that what we can do, a simple way of starting 
is to say, okay, if I want to be more reliable, more consistent, more loving, more caring, whatever it is, every day look to see if you can find one or two things that prove that you are that and then start to look for those as evidence and that gradually builds into your psyche. Look, we are all, we're born a certain way. There are certain things that we are, our attributes, our DNA. But then there is environmental traits that we learn along the way. Mm. Back in the day, like, I'm seeing it talking positive and good things, which I'm trying to share, but I wasn't always like this. This is learning things because I knew what the person wanted to be. I wanted the impact I wanted to have. So if someone wants to change something, yeah, you've got to reinforce that behavior. Great little tip for people yeah. to do. Gratitude, huge thing. Wake up. First thing you do in the morning before you do anything, write down three things you're grateful for. And then at night, write three things you're grateful for at night. Just do it every day. It's amazing mm. what impact that has on your well-being and it can really change your mindset, you know? Excellent. Okay. Now, you said there were four areas. We kind of did five. What yep. I'm going to do is I'm going to lump exercise and nutrition together. And, and since this isn't a sort of health and fitness show, I won't spend too long on this. But I, I actually do think it's really, really important that we do cover this anyway. So I know you're a super fit guy yourself, of, you know, ex-footballer, and you help people with their fitness. <laughs> For those couch potatoes like me, <laughs> what can we do? Can you give us some simple things that we can do? Because I know that there's a strong correlation between exercise, nutrition, and energy. And that's what I want more of. I'd like to look better. You know, I think we all want to look at our best. But is there some simple things you can recommend by way of exercise and nutrition to improve our energy levels and performance? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's loads. Like I say, I'm just thinking, you know, I said to you, you know, forget the science and stuff around it because that's not going to be relevant for anyone. Let's look at that stuff we can do. Yeah. So I think that, um, and it all links in, you know, when you're healthier and you're fitter, you perform better at work. Your relationships are better. When people are tired in the afternoon and there's that lull, potentially is what they've eaten during the day to get to that lull or their lack of sleep, or they aren't exercising too much. You need to help yourself so when you get healthier and you get fitter and you do these positive lifestyle habits, it has an impact on your day. Like first thing in the morning, if you get up in the morning, before you do anything, and you can have a hot slice of lemon, a slice of lemon, hot water, drink it. Good. Flushes out the toxins. It's a really good one. Simple way. So I, every morning, I get up, I go downstairs, I have that and a glass of water. So then if I don't do anything else in the day, if I don't drink any more water, I've had a glass of water and a hot lemon and it started my day well. Okay. Hydration's a really good one to start with. So that's the first thing you'll do. So before anything, and that becomes a habit. And this is like an action I'm talking about. So some of today might be, no, I don't train, I don't eat, I don't do any of these good things at the moment. We'll start with one. Why don't you start drinking more water? So practical tip, that's that. Then at every meal, I'll have a glass of water. So again, you might not drink any water through the day, but you then, if you've done it, you've had slice of lemon, hot water, glass of water first thing. Breakfast, you had another glass of water. Lunch, you had another glass of water. Dinner, you had another glass of water. So if you're not having any water, you've not done too bad. You've probably got up near to a litre of water a day. Water for hydration, you know, we, so cells made of water, like if we are dehydrated, it can affect concentration, it can affect tiredness. If your cells aren't functioning properly, you know, your cells do so much. So hydration is so important. Um, mm -hmm. Starting to lead into science and I'm thinking you don't need, we don't need to know the science, just understand how important hydration is. So if you don't drink water, there's some simple tips you can do. That will really help.
do that for two weeks. Yes. Don't start doing two or three things. And this is where I think New Year's resolutions can go wrong, Clive, because sometimes people have 10 things you're going to change in the new year. The habits are really important because if you've got like a news, you know, that's where they go wrong because people, I want to change this, 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 this. But it's already when a good saying you want to make the changes. But unless there's an action and some behaviors attached to the changes, it will never last. That's why news resolutions don't last. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to cut alcohol, cut sugar. Da, da, da. Well, there's no behaviors or actions attached to it. Yeah, it just doesn't last. And also, you've got to think about here if you want to change everything, if you keep taking away things, you need to replace it with something. Yeah. You can't just take alcohol, take sugar, take, take out, 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 because the resentment will build. Okay, right. You want to reduce your alcohol? Great. Why don't you just start by taking one less glass of wine a day and replacing that with a glass of water? You're still drinking, but you're still you're hydrating a little bit more. And in time, you can increase it. I think mm. we're too hit up on quick changes, quick results, quick fixes. Whereas if people just had small steps along the way, it's really important. You know, you can't control outcomes. Like outcome, like I said to you, New Year's resolution. The reason I say it is because it's such a common thing in my world. It's like, I want to change uh, New Year's, so I want to do da, 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 10 things. 10 things is too big a list. Yeah, have 10 things on there, start with one. You know, from that perspective, you've got to look at, um, and they're outcomes as well. Yeah. So can't focus on outcomes. I can't tell you how quickly you're going to lose weight, but what we can look at doing is, Food you eat? Are you sleeping better? Are you getting uh, out in the fresh air? Control the behaviours. Behaviours you can control, you can't control the outcome. Behaviours will lead to the outcome. This brings us nicely onto habits because you've mentioned a few things there about replacing habits rather than breaking them and stopping things. And yeah, we get this whole resentment about what we can't have. Before we just move on to that, I just want to come back to, I suppose, one of the biggest issues that I have and I, um, a lot of people report to me as well. And maybe you've answered it a lot with hydration. And actually, by the way, I love that because I've heard that drinking more is really important. Drink water, drink water, drink water. And the amount of times I've put a glass of water on my desk and felt what a chore it is to <laughs> sit there and drink gallons and gallons of water. But just by doing it how you did with your meals and at the start of the day, I love that. Yeah. And a little tip people can do, there's bottles out there now that are great because they mark off the line so you can drink it. I'll tell you what, Oliver, one of the things that I experience and a lot of other people do is that you get to this low energy point of the day. For me, it's about three o'clock. Mm. I don't, but it would be very easy for me to go and lie down and sleep at that time of day. My energy is a real, real low. And then it picks up later in the day. Now, obviously, I tailor my schedule around my energy levels. So there are things that I do at three o'clock. So I tend to do the stuff that I don't have to think much about. And I also have a lot of meetings at three o'clock because that wakes me up. But have you got any tips of your own for raising energy in that low energy point of the day, whenever it is for you? Yeah, I think you've hit it from a practical perspective. So mundane tasks, things you don't require much, definitely. I would say as well, train that time. Exercise, get moving, go outside, put a podcast on and walk. Yeah. Get your steps up and learning. It's like little hacks as well. I told you about driving the car. So if someone isn't exercising now, you can't go straight into like a four-hour week four sessions a week training program. Just get walking. But if you don't like walking, get in the fresh air. They say take in the, the you know, take in the fresh air in the countryside with no distractions. But if you need to initially stick a podcast on, use it for learning and get walking, listen to music, whatever it may be. So I would say break the cycle by moving, get an exercise because what you'll do is you release the endorphins and once the blood flows in the body and you get the energy, the, you start to create more energy. Yes, you're using, you're using energy by 
exercising, but it, it's, it makes you feel better, that endorphin release. So it's the hormones start to adjust and makes you feel more productive. So look at your lulls, like you said, find those times in a day where you're having downtime or lulls. And I would put a workout in, get moving, training, do something like that. It will really change the mindset. So what we have to do then is effectively change state. There's no point pushing through it. You have to do something different, break the pattern. Yeah, well, example, I had this, so last week, Thursday, scheduling when I was going to train. I just weren't working. My day just was morning. It just sometimes happens. It's not a problem. Just was hitting a brick wall. I just couldn't get functioning, you know? And I just got up, just, just got up and walked. And when he got my gym gear and trained, it wasn't in my schedule, but look, it's not, life's not perfect. Don't worry. You know, there's schedules and journals. Just you've got to do, hey, you've got to do what works for you. Because that's just reality. There's no use me telling people to train at three or drink water in the morning or journal in the morning and do these if that don't work for you. If you're not a morning person, don't train in the morning just because you read something you should. Train when works for you. That's really important. If you do what works for you, it's more lasting. But I think, so what I did, going back to the point last Thursday, last Thursday, yeah, it just wasn't working for me. Shut the book, shut the laptop, I went and trained. Broke the cycle, then had a shower, come back down, and I cracked on with a day and it made my day more productive. Adjust the scheduling, don't stress about it, and then crack on with it. People just bang on and just, I'm just going to do the same things. No, I've got to get it done. I've got to get it done. No. Do you know what? An hour less work, but taking time for yourself might give you three hours more productivity down the road. And that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Is if you do these things, if you focus on your mental state, then actually the productivity increases dramatically. So you actually get more done by doing things like changing state and these other things, you know, hydrate yourself as well. So I want to come to habits. Now, we've already spoken about habits and you've mentioned things like uh, replace habits. You said about thinking clean, clean thinking, you know, clean actions, you know, focus on one thing, whatever. If you were to mention maybe three things in building powerful habits, what would they be? Yeah, well, I think first things first is starting really small. So it's going to be really important. So if it's from an exercise perspective or a nutritional perspective or business perspective, writing down things that you want to do. So really get clear on the things you want to do and achieve. List them down. Now from that list, then create actions against each one. So rather than having a list of 10, break it down. So let's say I want to lose weight, which comes up a lot. Or do you want, I'm happy to do all we could do, increase energy levels because you mentioned energy levels. What one do you want to pick? Let's go with energy, but that might be linked to weight as well. I mean, certainly okay, let's just say, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm just so I'd list that. And then from that, right, what things, then so from that is actions. Okay, right. Uh, I need to sleep better. I need to sleep more. I need to drink more water. I need to start cooking some fresh food. I need to make sure I have a breakfast. I need to make sure that I get out and get my steps up and start walking more. I don't know, list of actions. And there's 10 actions on there. Now, this is all about the long-term approach, which is I'm all about business and lifestyle. It's all for me is a longer game. It's got to be a long-term approach to things. So what I do from there, so you've got a list of things you want to achieve, a list of actions against each one. Mm. And then pick one action, but pick the action you know you're going to achieve. It's no use picking something you might not be quite ready to do. Because if you lose from the first one, you're struggling then. It's all about confidence. You know, it goes back to that mindset, winning, winning from the start, get your winning early. So off that, it might be, you know what? The easiest one on that list is that glass of water first thing in the morning. Mm. So do that repeatedly for one to two weeks, winning, 
green tick against that, go on to the next action in two weeks. Once it's done, if you're not doing it consistently for seven to 14 days, you need to keep going until you do. And then go on to the next action. So it might be 10 actions against that one thing. That might be a 20-week period. But that is much more lasting than trying to do 20 things at the start. Yeah. Because it doesn't work for people. It's where we hit up body transformations, quick pills, and take this, and supplements here, and I'm herbal life shakes here, or whatever it may be. These things out there, we're misled to thinking it's a quick fix. That's fine. You'll get a result because you might be in a calorie deficit, whatever. So you lose weight, but you're going to put weight back on because you can't sustain it. So longevity and sustainability comes in making things work for you. So by doing one action every two weeks, that's incremental progress. Goes back to that. One action every two weeks, 26 actions a year. If you've done 26 positive actions in a year, there's something impacted there. So if that's nutrition and exercise, you're a lot healthier. If that's business, you've moved your business on. If that's getting more positive, you're now more positive. But what you haven't noticed, you haven't noticed it's happened because it's incremental. One action every two weeks becomes seamless. You don't know you've done it. You look back in a year's time, there's 26 new things you're doing. Now you're starting to change the game. My industry is bad for quick fixes and results. I always yeah. say to people, let me work with you over the long term because that's lasting. And this is brilliant. Essentially, if we want to change anything in our life, it comes down to two things. It comes down to making the right choices. And often enough, we know the right choices. It's making the right choices, but coupled with discipline. And I actually think that the way that you're describing there is really important because if you just take one thing that's easy to implement, what it's about is making it almost impossible not to win. Now, instead, what we tend to do is we say, well, I'm going to do these 10 things to lose weight and get more energy and everything else. Well, you know, I'm going to go jogging and I'm going to take the stairs and I'm going to rehydrate and I'm going to have this crash diet and everything. And then, of course, we're going to fail. There's so much there for us to contend with. And all the time we feel like we're missing out, we're missing out, we're missing out. And so if you start with something easy, then you get a win in. And then you've got that behind you. That's a habit that you've created. That's a ritual yeah. that you're used to doing. And then you find something else that's relatively easy to you know, yeah. introduce. And like, if I can add as well, like, so let's look at failure. You know, we spoke about failure early in the podcast, yeah? Yep. Now, I don't mind failure because I learn from it and I can get over it. But not everyone's going to be in that mindset. So those that struggle with failure, I'm reducing the chance of failure here. Or I'm saying to people, reduce the chance of failure. Because if that is someone like you, we need to win. You need to build momentum. Let's think practically on well-being, right? I've said to you three things to be grateful for. When I plan my day, I, there's three things I want to achieve. Now, I'm quite, I'll be quite tough on myself and make myself accountable. My three things I want to achieve will fall in line with my goals for that 13-week period, how I break my goal setting down to. So every day, I've got to achieve something within my 13-week goals. Mm. Then I'm doing something meaningful. That might not work for everyone. So pick three things in the day that you know you can achieve. Because then you've got this action that you're going to do for your lifestyle. Drink water, walk daily or whatever. I don't know. For that, every two weeks. But if you're picking three things in a day that's going to help your working performance, tick, green tick, green tick, green tick on the three things. You need to keep winning every day to build momentum. And you know what? Yeah. If this is someone that's not winning at the moment. Anyone listening to this, pick three things. That might just be drink a glass of water, 
write down three things I'm grateful for, have one meaningful conversation, or walk for 10 minutes, do two minutes of stretching, one glass of water, two minutes of stretching, grateful for three things. They might be quite insignificant now, quite small, but you can do them. Green, mm. tick, green tick, green tick, momentum. Next day, you start getting green ticks every day for two, three, four weeks. Watch how your well-being and positive and productivity will soar. Excellent. Okay, so I want to move on to community now. But actually, before we do, a little point here to our listeners. Notice the correlation between what Oliver's saying right then and identity. If we start with something small, let's say you want to be fit and healthy. Now, it would be too much to start out with creating some kind of affirmation that you are an athlete if you're not used to moving. So start with something small, like, you know, I'm just somebody who always gets plenty to drink at the start of the day. And then I am somebody who always moves at the start of the day. Start small, build it into your identity and create something a lot bigger over time. Can I add something, Clive? I just think it's quite important to mention. Yeah. Also, go back to what's important to you. Right, so fit oh, yeah. healthy. People see right airbrush models on or six pack abs that are airbrushed on. We're seen to think that's healthy. Skinny doesn't mean healthy. We are caught up on the scales. We're focusing on what we weigh, okay? But what the scales doesn't tell you is that you're sleeping better, you're performing better at work, you have more energy, you are more productive, you're a happier person, your clothes feel better, you're having better yeah. relationships. The scales won't tell you that. So start thinking about your health rather than your weight and start thinking about your health and what's important to you. I want to be able to walk my daughter, my daughter six down the aisle. Granted, she's not going to get married till she's 50. So I've got to stay healthy <laughs> for 44 years if I have my weight. <laughs> but, Love it. Love you know, it. for me, it's important to me. I'm not, you know, so what I mean by that is, it's just, look, we've got to be more healthier. We've got to realign what we're, what we're judging it on. Don't judge it that you have to have a six-pack to be healthy and that's going to change the game. I've been there. I've been extreme. I've got to that playing football where you get that level. It takes discipline and it's really hard, you know, to get to 10 percent 11% body fat where your abs will start to show. It's very extreme. It's very challenging. That's not real life for people. So we need to change the shift in our mindset. We've got to think about how health. And if anyone's listening to it, hopefully it takes the pressure off people not to worry about their weight. Worry yeah. about your health. Worry about... What's important to you? Just worry about eating better, moving more, and you will feel healthier and better. And then you'll see your performance at work improve. Your relationships are better. And you're right. worrying about what other people look like and their other people's journey. Oliver, that's brilliant. We've talked about mindset. We've talked about exercise, nutrition. We've talked about habits. The last thing for us to focus on is community. But before we get on to that, obviously people are going to want to talk to you. You're a great guy and no doubt people want to connect. How can people get hold of you? Yeah, I use social media platforms. So um, I'm on LinkedIn, Oliver Burquez. I'm on Facebook. I've got a page, Oliver Burquez. Personally, happy to connect as well. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Oli Burquez. So yeah, I use the platforms. LinkedIn's a, a really popular one for me. I really enjoy that connection through that. You can email me, oliver at 4dfit.co.uk. And you can connect to me through, yeah, the, my company website, blitzfitme.co.uk, which is obviously the employee wellness solution to do for companies, Clive, which you're aware of or they can listen to my podcast as well. And if they go back to episode six, they can hear you <laughs> talking uh, brain broader business. But if you can put it in the notes, obviously, yeah, I, I just you know, enjoy talking to people. Excellent. So what I'll do is, um, if you've been trying to write those down really quickly, don't worry about it. I'm going to put all of the links that Oliver mentioned there. You can check out his podcast, but 
you can even listen to me ramble on in his podcast as, as well as his websites and everything else is all on the show notes page so just go to getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 54 and everything is there for you i will remind you at the end now before we get on to my final question for you today which is all going to be about community it's time for me to mention today's sponsor today's podcast is sponsored by my very own program the get real about business mastermind if you've never been part of a mastermind before, you have definitely been missing out. The idea is very simple and it's one that was brought to us by Napoleon Hill back when he wrote the book Think and Grow Rich. And it's simply that when two or more minds get together, the sum is greater than the individual parts. So what we do is we pull the talent, the creativity and collective intelligence of small business owners like you together so you can help each other and improve your business. And you get the input not only of a sales trainer and a small business coach like me, but you also get the input and the help of other people who are running the businesses and trying things out. You get all of their help and support along the way. Now, business masterminds are not for everyone. You genuinely must have had some success in your business. If you're just starting out, this is not for you. I've got other programs for you. But this is for people who've had success in their business and they want more. So if you're looking to scale your business up, you're looking to increase sales, the business mastermind is absolutely the right thing for you. You will get top-notch advice for your business, how to sell more, how to grow more, how to market your business. Wherever you're at, it's about sitting down with you and saying, okay, where are you stuck? What do you want to get to? How can we help you get there? And then everybody jumps in to help you plan and strategize and get things done in your business. Hands down, it's one of my most popular programs. It's the program where Elaine Williams tripled her income within a year. It's the program where Tony Baker, one of my former guests on this show, started his business from nothing and took it for coming on 200k within a relatively short space of time. If you are serious about growing your business right now, go ahead to getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash mastermind where you'll find more information about the program and you will be able to apply to become a member of my mastermind. Just visit getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash mastermind and apply for your membership today. But right now, though, let's get back to the show and hear from our guest. Okay, so coming back to you now, Oliver, the final topic that you said that we should be focusing on in order to improve our performance was community. Can you just share one or two tips around how we can improve our community to improve our performance? Yeah, I think... Um Community is really important, you know. I come from a team sport, so I know the camaraderie, what that brought. And when you have bad days, they your bad games, they pulled you up. They got you through it. And when your teammate was struggling and you were having a good day, you pulled them through. So it's that teamwork support and accountability is really, really important, you know. Being in business can be quite lonely. If you do things on your own, it can be lonely. So some accountability and connecting with good people is really important. You know, use us for example, Clive. You know, we've connected, we've got, we're very like-minded and we've enjoyed each other's company. So there's a relationship yeah. there. So, you know, we'll catch up and we'll talk. And actually, problem shared is a problem half, that type of thing, you know. So I think team environments are key. If people work within team environments, it's going to be really, really important to support each other. If you're a business owner on your own, connect with other business owners Again, you can learn from that. You can support each other and bring each other through. Training-wise, you know, if it's training, get a buddy. Go and walk with someone. If you want to go to gym, join a friend. Connect with people that might help, that are like-minded, that are going to train with you. Because 
You will have days in business, in lifestyle, in exercise, nutrition, you just can't be bothered. And that's the days you need. You might need a teamwork. You might need a community to pull you through that accountability. You're not going to let your buddy down, so you're going to do it. And um, we'll have those days because I think true motivation comes not the days you're feeling it when you don't feel it and you can't be bothered, but you still do it. Holding yourself accountable to that. Now, if you're not self-disciplined enough to do it yourself, then get some accountability to someone else. So the days you can't be bothered, you don't want to do it, they will help you, pull you through. And then it'll be their turn someday when they need you to pull them through. So I think that's really, really important from a community element. I love that. Probably going to be the quote of the podcast here. True motivation is when you do something when you don't want to do it. I mean, I've butchered it there, but I, I think yeah, that's a really yeah, important Yeah, and it's really important because, look, this is a thing that's really important to me. I don't always want to train. I don't always want to do things. But I have a set of principles that are important to me. And this mm. goes beyond teamwork. This is an individual thing. I, I don't have any accountability. I don't need anyone to help me on this side of things, yeah? But it's those days I have to do it because that's me. I know that I need to exercise to be healthy for my performance, not for aesthetics, not for how I look. So there's days I don't feel like it. I will still go in the gym and train. I will still do my healthy habits, even when I can't be bothered and don't want to, because I know the importance it will have on me. You never regret a workout once it's been done. And something to add around communities where maybe having mentors, having people around you to learn from, I think that's really important because important to learn and be able to be accountable to someone i think that's so key i know we both share that one oliver thank you so much for all that you've shared today we've just about run out of time but it really has been chock full there today and for those of you listening right now i want you to think about what oliver's been talking about you've got a four potentially five depends on how you split it areas in which if you just focus on and find one thing in each of those areas just think how much impact that could create in your life, in your business, you know, in your own well-being. So just go through those. You know, what habits do you need to create? Find one habit that you can start and implement in your life. Think about your community. Who are your mentors? Who do you need to be spending more time with? Just do one little change there. Exercise and nutrition. What do you need to change there? And the same with the mindset. What one thing can you do that's going to be a little bit different and help you to stay on top of your mind and not react to things and start the day and continue the day well. Just think about those four, five areas and uh, look to see if you can find one thing that you can implement in each. little reminder as well, if you want the links to anything we talked about today, if you want that and you want to find out more about the show, then go to our show notes page at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 54. And if you want to continue the conversation, then do us a favor, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and you can join us on my Facebook group, the Get Real About Business podcast community. I would love to welcome you there. Come and tell us what you thought about the show. Say hello to Oliver. No doubt we'll get Oliver on there. We will be back next time with more insights, tips, and actionable implementation plans for you and your business. Until then, take care of yourself. Here's to you and your highly successful business. 